Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. to episode 14 of the forever forest podcast my name is uh ryan freebury otherwise known as the delinquent child i'm just gonna uh, pick up a new character and you'll see why in a minute <laughs> and joining me today it's a it's a one one versus one show it's almost like frost nixon um in the other seat leather bound smoking a cigarette with those horrible socks men wore in the 70s and some slip-on shoes it's kieran curtis aka what are you going as I don't know. The delinquent child sounded good to me, to be honest, mate. I don't know I, what, what I'm going now. I did uh, a podcast years ago with a mate where we he would we would just pick something random on Wikipedia and talk about it, but then without without warning him, I'd become a character in front of him. <laughs> and one of them was called Simon the Cyclist, where I'd be all like, I'm Simon. And he's like, Oh, hi, Simon. And he was quite mild this lad. And he was going, <laughs> I went, Don't make me angry. He went, No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing anything, Simon. I, Don't be angry no i'm really not doing a thing and then he get really mental and have like a demon come out of him but anyway that's uh that's just an idea there kira um so yeah aka uh i don't know God, most people i've been called half pint in my past we'll go over half pint <laughs> yeah that's good i didn't even do half yeah. anymore <laughs> yeah uh mate yeah get yourself to, to amsterdam get it in thirds Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I went to a place in Belgium once where they did a, just a, a load of drinks in like a you know that thing where they carry shots in. Yeah, yeah you can't listen very much drink by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, we're going to talk about forests and not you know thespian stuff and God knows what and uh, what names we were called and what things you can do in Amsterdam and all that business. But yeah, so for those of you who didn't notice, uh, forests are back away from what I can only describe as the League Cup nightmare. God, that felt like we got trapped in a box for two weeks. So we trapped in a room with an absolute maniac and going, I don't want to be in here. <laughs> Mate, the things that 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 run of games did to our the whatsapp chat yeah like the world just inverted like i was there being mr optimistic mr let's go with our strongest team we've got nothing to lose meanwhile dan was just all out no sack it off get this two weeks over with i couldn't give a shit well so you didn't change you just carried on i i i after the wolves game Mm. and because of the nature of how we got past them i was all in on league cup I was. I think I was all in and said I saw it was probably the form side in England at the minute. They looked like they could catch Arsenal at the minute. And they just, I don't know, the first leg was my birthday as well. And we'd have gone for a really nice meal and we went out to watch it. And I was just like, I sat next to some Man United fan from Slovakia or something. And he's just on his phone all the way through. Going, oh, yeah, as far as that's bad. And all this guy. I was like, oh, it's really bugging me. And they scored early. And then when the other goals came. And then I got that stupid thing I always get before the second leg where I was going... All right, okay. Early goal. Never know. <laughs> and then I think, why am I doing this? I, I don't want us to play this game. It's just cost us. Did we get many injuries throughout the two games in the end? Well, put it this way. If Morgan Gibbs White hadn't come back at the weekend, I think a few people, I know a few people were blaming Cooper for that one, for mm-hmm. maybe playing him unnecessarily in the first leg. Um, the thing but is, I can't, I can't you, blame him. No, you and I both know because someone said that to me at work they said do you think Forrest will play a weak side against United and I thought 
No, because Steve Cooper knows as people have put the money in the pockets to travel to Old Trafford. Although, do you know what? I knew it would start straight away on another chat. I was on people going, I noticed everyone's giving away the tickets for Old Trafford now, all those like bronze fans. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. Yeah. <laughs> the Forest fans were amazing at Old Trafford, even, you know, 3 0 down as it started. I thought it sounded great, but it was like, I, there's no way he's going to do that. Otherwise, what is the point of playing football if you're not going to go and have a swing? Yeah, it feels very much, and also first, first semi final in quarter of a decade, or you know, oh, yeah. not quite. Like we had nothing to lose, we might as well have gone for it. Imagine, oh. like, just imagine the scene if we'd fumbled our way into a final. Yeah, at, exactly. at, 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 like Cooper's going to get the stock for having taken us to our first semi since Clough did it. He'll he'll get that anyway. But imagine if he'd been the first guy to take us to a final since then. Uh, he he's writing his own folklore. Don't underestimate his want to be part of our club's history now. Oh no, big time! And it's but then it, I kind of sort of think the Southgate as well. I think what he done with England and people going, no, 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 we've only done this and done that. Mate, I remember so many tournaments watching England where I was just going, fucking on, you know, this is shit and this is wrong. So I know it's different when it's your club versus your country. And I'm always forest yeah. all day, every day. But it's, um, yeah, it's it, the halcyon times. And it's just, you know, when we see who we're playing a year ago and stuff like that. And, you know, because we've had some little runs in the cup. And I'd argue that last year's cup run with hindsight now, it sounds like an after timer, as Steve Bunce always says, with hindsight, the FA Cup run last year had a lot to do with us getting promoted. I think I think it it really did have a momentum swing with it, and it had a belief in it, and it also got Forest a reputation as being a cooking city ground, you know. Whereas yeah. this year's League Cup was a bit of a shock that we almost went, oh god, is that the semi final now? <laughs> you know, yeah, this the quarter because it's a weird cup because it ends early, doesn't it? And I think it almost I was worried that we were going to get weirdly haunted by it, that it was going to be the cup run this year relegated us or something. But I don't know. I think it buys us some good grace though in the league because look. Realistically, all we want to do is stay up with this season. Yeah. Anything higher than 17th is just a massive bonus. Now, what we will get, and you know, things are looking decent at the minute. If we stay up and we made a cup semi-final, mm. we th- this is things that the club will sell itself on in recruitment next summer. Mm. Um, we've also had the benefit of you know, crashing out of the FA Cup. Didn't want it. It's a footnote. It's a footnote because we made a semi-final of a different competition. And now when other teams are going to carry on with FA Cup games, we'll rest those weekends. That's fine by me. I think it's... Football's such a funny game for this because there's all these stories within the stories. If I take you back to Blackburn, uh, Blackpool in the FA Cup, Sam Surridge was like, couldn't it a barn door? Everyone ate, oh, he's rubbish. Now, for those of us who aren't morons... I apologise. Do you know what? If it was one of you saying that, you probably don't even know what I'm saying anyway. Um, the man that I still think is one of our best finishers. I'm mean, quite surprised he didn't curl that top corner. It's very Swansea-like, wasn't it, the, the chance on uh, on Sunday? But he he then gets his chance coming in because of, you know, ta- uh, you know one of his issue. I can't, I can say the surname. Leeds can say the first name. It's quite funny. <laughs> um, but like, it's it's just such an interesting story. Like he comes on now and you go, God, this is the guy who turned the game at Bournemouth. And, one thing you should learn from that, if you've ever sat there going, I hate them, or I've made a little post about them and brand brand about, look how quickly football changes. Just look how mad it is. How one player you thought was absolute dog shit, you know, you're there now saying, you know, no one is. They're all way better than us. I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a question somewhere in this or we're just having a chat, but <laughs> look at Blackpool as a whole. It is, it's like Leicester, isn't it? Leicester 4-0. It's a hell of a turning point really in the season, I think. 
Well, have you seen that video of an Arsenal fan last year calling for Arteta's head? Which one? There was thousands. <laughs> well, there you go. Exactly. Then go back. But, yeah, people should be a little more careful about what they do put their names to because mm. the number of us and football fans in general who see our own arse very quickly mm. um, just because we've said something offhand and flippant and stupid. It was like at the game the other night. Um, I saw someone actually trying to defend Emmanuel Dennis and that old shepherd. Yeah, I was, mate. I've had a terrible run of Manchester games this year. So you've it's had a... stinkers on, on aggregate, it's Manchester 11, Forest <laughs> nil. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I was there and I, I credit to our fans. There was some belting things that came out. I heard one guy just down the road from me. He tried to have a go at Marcus Rashford. Like the quote was, F off and feed some kids, you see. Wow. <laughs> at which point, like, I, I did turn around to him and I just repeated what he said back to him. Yeah. And he was like, and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. In fact, no, it, we'll, that uh... is actually very sound advice. But <laughs> doesn't, doesn't like him with the names he's calling him. But yeah, go and feed some kids. Yeah, I would I would have rather that than he than he come on and change the game for them along with Martial. But, um, but didn't, yeah, didn't, the, the, just come back to it quick. That that second half was like oh, we didn't get one in the first half. We needed one in the first half, and then it went longer into the second. You thought this is just like death by death by paint drying. We're not going to score three. And then I kept but the thinking is Kieran. There's this little voice in my head kept going. Only take second, score a goal. Yeah, 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 and it just never came. They. It's all very easy to say once you've already gone out to them. And United fans come at me. Most of you left the game with 10 minutes to go anyway um, to get to get back on. on TV, mate. Well, it's a long, long, long drive back to London. There was a train strike that day. Um, yeah. So they, United fans might think this is just someone being bitter, but they weren't special. They were just better than us. Could it be argued they were just toying with a dead mouse? Potentially, but that is why they're not City. Because... On a 7-0. Yeah, City would have absolutely torn us apart mm. and not blinked an eyelid. There would have been no mercy. United didn't look like doing anything until they brought on uh, Rashford and Martial. Yeah. Um, they were pretty wasteful of a couple of opportunities up to that point. Um, so, are we saying you disagree with the Emmanuel Dennis stuff? Oh no, I, I'll be honest. We've got sidetracked from that. I was just trying, again. Someone made a flippant remark about Emmanuel Dennis. I think someone actually tried to defend him, right. um, and I think that's going to come back to haunt you because that's the one case where I think one uh, <laughs> defended him. <laughs> the it's the one case where I just don't think uh, the player will redeem themselves. What striker would rather pick the ball up on halfway? and prevent it being picked up by Scarpa and making the run mm. and then playing it back across your defence. Can, can I just go on record saying, I think you agree with me on this one, mate. I think we're from a, serious, uh, a similar, um, I said we've jumped out of a similar bean bag, but then it nearly became ball bag. And I don't know what, <laughs> who jumps out of either of those things. Um, <laughs> I'm never interested in just bashing a player, what I would do. Because I, 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 do you know what? Every time I say this, and I must have said this on this pod a lot of times, I don't think any player goes on the pitch trying to be bad. And sometimes for certain players, I think when it's leaving my mouth, the word bad, I go, hmm, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Emmanuel or, what, you know, any, you know, the, the boo boys through the years, whatever, of, of you know, 
must be they know they don't go home and go great great effort work today did really really well <laughs> and, you know and it's and the thing is it's very public if i fuck up at work or don't do something right it's like well you know you got one or two words wrong on a tour you're doing at samsung they're doing it in front of 70,000 people and a TV audience, you know what I mean? And some bloke who wants Marcus Rashford to feed kids. So it's, um, I don't think for a minute that's the case, but it does feel, I don't know if, if you see this as well, that especially we're seeing all these videos of unity and them dancing and can I just say, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm from a different world of dancing, but um, that's, uh, I love it, but my God, we'll talk about that down the line. But it just, it feels like there's a man there who very clearly, doesn't really seem to fit what's going on and he's had chances well I couldn't tell you based on his performances whether we're just playing him out of position and he's not comfortable with it but I I couldn't tell you what his best role would be in this squad because wherever you put him he manages to make the job harder than it needs to be Mm. there are just little things that you want a striker to do and there's just a either a lack of thought to make it easier for himself like i said that that example with scarpa's prime mm. give the let the ball be on halfway with the guy who has immense distribution and is going to find you in the position you actually want the ball because yeah. you know most strikers aren't keenan davis and most of them don't want to pick it up on halfway and just battering ram their way through mm. into the box Emmanuel Davis, uh, Emmanuel Davis, Dennis, um, certainly isn't that Davis player. is brother Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating because he, he will get in decent spots, um, give him the ball around the box. He l- plays with his head up. He does look like he wants to take people on, but he just holds the ball for a second too long or doesn't give the pass when it's on or thinks he's messy and he's going to skip round someone or even worse waits for the tackle and then puts in an almighty swan dive that yes there's contact yes it's a free kick but right you were never planning on doing anything other than that and it's just not the mentality I really want out of a striker they need to be cutthroat and just thinking about the opportunity to score more because would you? Um, I don't think this Forest team looks like it's got many players who you'd say are masters of the dark arts I still don't think they have I still think that's probably inherent with the manager you know, Brian Clough's side were famous for not really getting booked and stuff, and that's who he was. He was played to the game, play, you know, play the right way, respect the referees. Steve Cooper's dad is a famous referee, you know. I think the Forest have inherited that again. You know, there's times where Ryan Yates turns into an absolute bulldozer, which I just adore, because he looks like a public schoolboy getting his head kicked in in a craze film. Um, but it's like, yeah, I don't think this side are in... And some might argue you need that. You need a bit of that steel in certain places, but... You know, we've had our Paul, Mc- um, well, yeah, Paul McKenna's in the past. We've had like um, Evans, was it, uh, who plays for us yeah, as well? Yeah, Paul Evans, yeah, an absolute terrier. Even then, still, they still seem more rightish blokes. We don't seem to have like a, a Robbie Savage or a David Batty absolute nightmare. So, um, well, I, I see your comment and I will raise you a Jack Colback. Well, I was gonna well, see War Jack is still an yeah. I don't even. I was gonna. I was gonna say see your comment. I raise you a Tony Vaughan if anyone remembers him. <laughs> I, I remember Tony Vaughan very. That man well. is still headbutting a wall somewhere in in East Midlands. Yeah. I'm telling you now. Um, but no. So Forest obviously out the League Cups as we said, which is kind of a blessing. The League Cups. I said it. Oh, it was two. And you know what? It doesn't really matter for this podcast, but I really hope Man United win. And that's something I've never really said in my life because I think the Geordies would be fucking unbearable. If they win. Yeah, I've made a rod for my own back as well because I'm very um, 
anti the Saudi sport washing project that is yeah. that is going on way beyond just football. And yes, people can point out that you know Qatar's done it, um, and you know so a lot of uh, Emirati states are looking to. Uh, buy into to sport but it isn't just football the one that's really rattled me is the golf where it's literally the only thing that they have got to talk about is the money that they're flooding in yeah. for rich for rich men to be richer great i'm not interested any opportunity for the saudi pif fund to have invested in something and lose out on it is a positive in my book so oh, so you don't tell me that these saudis haven't got involved because they, they love the northeast and they're looking to maybe make a middle eastern version of biker grove uh, if right, if they hadn't gone through with this last year, if the Glazers had sold up last year, Newcastle United would be a relegation candidate. Still, mm. yeah. um, but whatever, they they can be grateful to um, that that regime if they want to be. I, I appreciate there's bad things pretty much everywhere you turn in life. You you cutting your nose off to spite your face if you try and live without the negative influence of, of something. You'll always find it somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. There's kind of no harm. And, and actually, it's, it's win-win because if United win a League Cup and make a big deal out of it, how far have they fallen? It's almost yeah. cute. Yeah, their, exactly. fan, their fans didn't stay to celebrate them getting to a cup final. The, that stadium was half empty before the final whistle. Um, yeah, best, I, best, best of luck to, to the, the Manchester United. Yeah, we don't care about either of you. <laughs> I, I, you know what, but I, I still think there is that thing. And we've, we, I don't know, I'm into enough away games. I'm hoping to try and get to Tottenham maybe. But I saw it years ago and I, I wind, I sort of wind her up, but I'm also talking the truth when I talk to Natalie about it. Those who don't know my other half's a Chelsea fan. Well, I went to see us in the League Cup a few years back now, but I had to get somewhere for work. So even if we were 3-0 up, I had to go at halftime. It was just one of those where I was going to see Stamford Bridge for the first time. I was going to see us probably get battered by Chelsea and whatnot. I think we were about 3-0 down at halftime or something. And as I left... Was this, was this the Grant Holt? Yeah, yeah like, was on it, the wing. Where, where Shevchenko played, did absolutely nothing, but they still hammered us. I think you mixed the two. I think Shevchenko was about 2006 because I remember that being the day after one of my birthdays where I was not in a good state. And I remember <laughs> waking up going, is Shevchenko playing against the Forest? And I was like really confused. Um, but no, so it was, yeah, and couldn't see very well. The way end was really crap under the thing. And as I left, the amount of people leaving was huge. And the amount of people with like Chelsea, you know, FC shopping bags and whatnot and you know, I'm not going to go as crazy as saying they didn't look like they were from Chelsea or England or whatever, but, you know, could hear accents and voices and, you know, languages being used. And I just thought, God, why are they all going? And some bloke said somebody else, like, oh, it's a long way home. And, you know, and he was really Northern. And he was like, yeah, you know, we've got it in the, got it in the bag anyway. And I was like, Jesus Christ, why are they all going? And I thought to myself, two things. It, success is a different thing anyway. We weren't used to it, especially at that point, were we? But it's it, I've had this thing that going to see certain football matches and certain teams is a bit like going to see Phantom of the Opera, you know, in certain cities and towns and United, I think Liverpool probably got that London has it way more in some senses, because most people fly into London when they come to the UK. And I think that there was a couple of proper old, like look like Paul Weller, Cockney Welks before the Chelsea game. We're going, we can't get a ticket now, mate. Whoa, pass there. And at the time we've got us with our flags. We've got all our community, you know, Forza and, People singing songs. It was probably gallows humour, I think, around that time. And I just thought it must be hard when your tickets, apart from your season tickets, are always going to someone from Kuwait today, someone from, you know, Brooklyn tomorrow. I think Natalie said the other day she went to see Chelsea Fulham. And there's some people who say, you know, we're here from 
Chicago, whatever it is, you know what I mean? And I get it. It's a big draw. You know, people go and see Barca, don't they? Or some lads I know go see Dortmund quite a lot. But I think some of those clubs probably lack a soul in particular that's gone. You know, the old, uh, probably people say it's a good thing Chelsea ain't got some of those old school 70s shit. <laughs> uh, it's like, do you know what I mean? I think that's one thing I'm... The spirit, the spirit of that lives on in various forms with Chelsea fans still. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah. But it's just like, I, I do, you know, there's something I think about that with United maybe probably have that as well still, where people are going because it's like, you know, I've gone to see... Whatever well, to it's, it's to be careful what you wish for, isn't it? Dan mm. said it before on here and I think he's he's correct in what he said once the money gets heavily involved with your club then it has to sustain itself on a certain level it starts to rely on certain cash flows coming in um, and we that, that's where we have to be careful with in becoming a Premier League club ultimately the more successful you are the more things move away from being community focused and more to a sustainable business model mm. and that sustainable business model in someone like Chelsea's case where I think some season tickets go for up to is it for like four grand four or five grand in some spots yeah I live with you we paid a couple of grand for it at the time yeah like that you know they've met once they're into that kind of pricing model well the community idea is well out the window so, you know, it's something I hope that the club continues to do uh, in, from our perspective is keep engaged with the likes of Forza, keep engaged with the community element and keep it affordable. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I, I will take that always being a, a race on for tickets and it being hard for me to go to home games. Um, it means we're doing well. If it means that, you know, for the vast majority of it, tickets are affordable for people within the community that's I, I, that's a a nicer problem to have than being successful and not being able to afford to see your club anymore i must i must say as well there's we uh, we're talking about football stories how me and that me and that girl met for the first time on new year's eve all that time ago we had that night and it was just like you know well, well, we'll be together and all that kind of business i'm not going to go to that night you should be listening to this and dying uh, <laughs> but it's just like at the time start talking football and she really likes football and she's going you know what's going up and you know it's well documented i'm going now nah, i've seen shit now i find us in february 2023 linked together in our crazy signings and the fact that we're almost holding their hand and cooper got interviewed the other day and said what do you think about the money at chelsea well it's not really my problem do what they want you know when we play them it'll be a tough game away you know and and you've got klopp and guardiola having a go at them and natalie's like watching our steve cooper going yeah it's all right you know do what they want to do we've ended up being linked weirdly with chelsea on the madness of signings and stuff it's a if you think where we were a year ago even though still mate a year and a half this is nuts. It doesn't really make any sense what's happened to Forrest. Yeah, well, we're trying to buy our way out of having a 20-year hiatus from the Premier League. Yeah. We're trying We're trying to put a squad in. And in some respects, I, you can see method in it in a lot of areas. So, like, Brennan and Morgan Gibbs-White, if we stay up, how much stronger are they going to be next year? Having, oh, yeah. played to, having played together for a season? Mm. There's investment in our squad that is long-term and there's investment that is short-term to see us stay up. Kayla Navas... Kayla Navas is a very astute signing as far as I'm concerned. There's a Wonderful there might be a big might be a big cost behind his wages each week, but you know what? Hennessy wasn't really looking anywhere near Henderson's level. Henderson was a shoe in to start every game. 
now maybe he's not. I still put Henderson as as the number one, but he's going to have someone who's actually chomping at his heels for that shirt. Can we just um, argue on one point here, though, that the poor old Hennessy had to come in wherever Henderson couldn't play against Man United, and you've already said how many was shipped against Man United. Who, who, what, I get to play against Man United again? Fucking wonderful, thanks. Yeah, I, I, it's odd, because we were in the Bournemouth game the other week. There was... I... I I questioned Hennessy's role in Bournemouth's goal. And then Lisa at the time pointed out that he made a really good save with his legs. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. He can always seem to make a save with his, with his legs. But it's quite a, a professional disadvantage when your goalkeeper can't do anything with his bloody hands. Yeah. I, I, and not only that, his legs look like they've been dipped in cement. He moves so slowly. Mm. And he's not a terrible goalkeeper, but just the level that we need... Because that Leeds game, real prime example of how we're going to make the city ground a fortress, oh, yeah. is we have to absorb pressure and we have to have a keeper who is going to make two, three big saves in a game. Not a worldy save every time, but big saves, big moments. And Hennessy wasn't really doing that. So, but look, Jordan's, going back to your yeah, original... Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, no, go on, go on, continue. Yeah, we go back to your original point is like, you know, the madness of us being compared to this 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 Chelsea side. I think one, there's definitely levels. We are nowhere near their spending. Um what does that Natalie told me one the other day. I think this was even before or maybe it was after they just signed that Enzo guy. They have currently at that point spent five million less than the whole Bundesliga. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and they, and they're committed now to spending something between 20 and 30 million every transfer window for the next pretty much a decade without taking into account any other signings that then need to come in to replenish their squad with injuries. Like, I don't, I, again, I think we get painted unfairly by some members of the media. I, I do think that the chatter around number of signings actually quietened down for us a bit. In January this time, um, there was still a couple of voices. But looking at our squad and our injuries, tell me which of the signings we made in January weren't necessary to us staying uh, up and having that. a shot. Yeah, because he said that himself, didn't he? That it came, some of the injuries came at the really right time because it was the window was open. You could do something about it. I mean, obviously, we, we might go and talk about what happened to Lewis O'Brien and maybe Steve Cook and stuff as well. Because, you know, we seem like consummate professionals. And I still say that Cook massive reason that we went up last year. Lewis O'Brien, yeah. I think, was an absolute linchpin for Huddersfield as well and real talent. And I don't know why, what, what's quite gone on. And I think Cooper almost looks a bit sad for him that it's Blackburn's fault. Didn't get the paperwork through and he's been left in limbo. But uh, no, I think so I saw um, maybe two or three of these, you know, these ridiculous clickbait things like, do you agree with this? One of them, which I'll just throw straight out was, these are the Premier League's uh, Premier League sides and their attendances in percentages over the last season. 98% Chelsea was top or something. Liverpool was 72. Like, they only have 72% of the stadium. We weren't even above 60. But our stadium was half empty. So, you know, you see that and you go, that's a load of shit. Now, one yeah. of the ones up there was like, how did they do as a school report for the January transfer window with all the teams? Only two teams in this one that I saw had A's and it was us and Arsenal. Yeah. Now, and Arsenal saw Janino, which Jorginho, which you kind of go, Chelsea fans were okay, great, don't care. And Arsenal fans were well, that's a solid backup of what we need to push us over to this title. But Forrest, I, I have to say that that, you know, however much 
you know, Dave and Bullwell, whoever, oh, the bloke I always pick out, goes, John Joe Shelby, bloody rubbish. Look at the Geordies. I know about three of them, and they went really solid, really solid bloke. Knows Chris Wood. I mean, we'll talk about Chris Wood maybe another point at the minute. But, um, you know, great signing. I think the Brazilians got early work done with Scarpa, you know, things like that. Danilo coming in. It's, it's a masterstroke. From what I see with Atletico lad as well, Felipe, is it? Yeah. Loads of experience. Even though their fans are going, thank God he's gone. So, you know, there's all these... Various... Yeah, but but again, that's that is levels. Like, am I going to be downhearted because Atletico Madrid think they're beyond a plus thirty year old centre back? Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> like, coming, coming, coming to yeah, exactly. Coming to us in the situation we're in, they're what we need. We need players with elite mentality. I think the issue that you pointed out, well, maybe not the issue you pointed out, but you you alluded to players like um, Steve Cook. Last year, that is what he did for us. And I agree with you. He helped get us over the line in a big way. I don't think I've ever seen a centre-back take a penalty the way he took one in that Sheffield United game. Left-back take one like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but he was that man at that time when we needed them. Now, the sad truth is he's not quick enough for the Premier League anymore. And when we put him in the team, we look a bit vulnerable, like something could go wrong. Has got in his locker. He put the ball in for the goal against Liverpool that won us the game one nil. Yeah. There you go. Take take it, Steve. Honestly, yeah. I, I'm I'm never I'm not one of those boats who forgets anything. But we have to evolve with this league. Like we have had to do quite quick. Yeah, we? exactly. And this is this is another one of those times where we go. Sentiment is out the door. And we will never forget certain players and their roles, but Steve Cook just hasn't got the legs for what we need out of his role. I think hopefully Felipe is someone that fills that kind of mantle. Someone who's been there, played the best in Europe, isn't going to be sold easily or intimidated by a youngster. Uh, if you said that in the group, it's like, what do you think you're going to get from him? He played centre-back for Simeone for fucking ages. <laughs> there you go. And that's it. So I, we have been really astute. And John Joe Shelby as well, with all these, these question marks that have been floating around about Yatesy, John Joe Selby looks a perfect signing for me. Yeah, yeah. And look, I think they've been... Ren and Lottie, I think the first game I saw him was probably Man City, and I was just like, I think he there was a there was an early game where I thought, God, he can, he looks good, he looks solid, and there was I can't remember who the player was. It'll come to me now. It was someone who we'd had when we were in the championship, and I just thought you can tell they've played a different level to what we are. You know, the passing was always defeat or intelligent, and they looked a step above what was in the dross that was around them. Now Scarpa, I would argue, has that. I think Gibbs White has it in spades. Danilo has it in bits that I've seen in the couple of bits I've seen. Yeah, right? he's really he's really trying with it. There are moments with Danilo. Someone messaged me today, an Arsenal fan I know, and he was like, because they they were linked with him as well, and yeah. they were like, oh, how's how's he been for you? Like, it's, some of his passing looked a bit wonky to me when I watched the United game the other night, and I was like, I don't think it is. I think his mind's just moving faster than some of the other players on the pitch, and he's also not used to how cold it is. Um, he, like Scarborough puts, at the start, who couldn't play, just freezing his bollocks yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Danilo's putting in these tackles at times where he's looking to dislodge the ball mm. and not just take it away from the player. He's trying to feed someone else, and they're just not coming off yet. Um, but yeah, that was me jump, jumping in. No, and, no, uh, no. Mate, him. Just to us, what we're doing it's easier when we're like this in some ways. But the um, 
No, I just, I just think overall with what they've signed and how it's come together, I, I think there's players there that look... I was, I was on about Lodi, wasn't I? Sorry, that Lodi... Yeah. God, he's, he's, he's spent that time. He gets dropped, Toffolo's in, God knows what. And then all of a sudden, he's got all these Brazilian brothers arrived. And it's just like, he looks like a really happy man. He's skateboarding with Scarpa now. He's doing Rubik's Cubes. He's like, Jesus Christ. And you're thinking, you think it's crazy, Renan. It's like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got yeah. his teammate from Atletico come along. He's also another Brazilian. It's like, you know... I don't know if for those of you who ever play like FIFA, I don't really play it so much these days. I'm still a bit of an old pro Evo man from back in the day, if I'm saying the classic or oh, striker on the snares, look it up. <laughs> um, but uh, I still remember the music. Anyway, but um, yeah, so yeah, I, I love it for someone who's just had a flashback and forgot that one. Oh my God, it's striker. It's 92 again. <laughs> in future team, they do that thing where you have to try and have the chemistry. You know, between nationalities and leagues they're playing, and it's I, at times I thought Steve Cooper is playing, fun, you know, is doing FUT. It just seems like that's what's happening. Ultimate team. Yeah, you know, back in the day when it was all round pegs and square holes and that kind of chat under the the Mad King. Now yeah. it feels like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, and and the pieces are being put in the right places. Here's the thing, jigsaws. I don't know about you, but I don't do them in an afternoon. They take a little while to get to the uh, to the full picture. <laughs> and I just think bit by bit we're getting there. The the big question really is if we can stay up, and we have put ourselves in such a healthy position now to keep it in our own hands. Mm. We're certainly not over the line. I I'd say looking, what we are six points off our last Premier League total. I think we had 30 points when we went down. Oh, at mate, the end you can't of... count those. Whenever we've gone down, we've gone down with an absolute bomb. It's just been yeah. like the worst. Oh, yeah, but back then, that was like 30 points was rock bottom of the league. We went down with 40 in the first, first season. We went down 92, 93. I'm sure we came bottom with 40. I've got it made that we had 40 when we went down bottom. Oof. Well, look, those days are gone. Like 40, 40 point. If we got if we got sixteen points between now and the end of the season, one hundred percent we are closer to mid table than we are the relegation zone. I think four wins and a few draws. Probably. Yeah, I I I'd say you might even be getting a cushion with those extra draws. Twelve points. I really think we're pretty much there. Um, it's just where those points come from now. Uh, but yeah, but we still got you know we still played all the big teams away. Generally, we've played. You know, we, you know, Forrest loved the idea of ruining Arsenal's promotion party last game. Um, you know, there's all those kind of things mixed in there. But do you know what we still haven't even spoke about is two things that I really want to get through. First of all, Navas, because uh, I just mentioned it on the radio earlier on that I read a really interesting report into the the transfer. And I don't know if I shared it with you or if you shared it on the group. It's a Telegraph one. Yeah, the one about how it came about. And for those who didn't listen, this deal looked like it was nearly dead on transfer deadline day. And then Navas has pushed it. PSG are paying a lot of the wages, all these things. And he's the one who's gone, I want to go. And when he lands, he goes, you're in a semi-final against Man United. I want to play in it. So, you know, you said, that's where the League Cup definitely has a gravitas. He's gone, I want to go and play. I'm sure he's probably played at Old Trafford before. In fact, they tried to sign him, didn't they, a few times United. Or was it once? Yeah. Um, wouldn't shock me. And when I see, and I, I always pay close attention to these um, things that Forrest put out when there's a signing. You know, they do all those kind of getting the medical... I think I've seen this summer, I've seen more people going into Queen's Medical, wherever it is, I'm in there, uh, having that thing done. Like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm another sign. And Jesus Christ, just keep the door open, lads. You know, <laughs> just the summer. Um, you know, COVID restrictions apply, whatever. But he he came in looking very, you know, very meek and, you know, very sort of humble with it. And then one more than any other signing I've seen us do, and I've watched a lot of these Coopers there, 
Cooper's got his arm around him. Cooper's walking him through the corridors. Cooper's showing him the pictures as he's going through, introducing him to this uh, Portuguese fellow over here, who he seems to have now, and who's doing the physio stuff as well. Quite clearly needed translators at the minute of Forest, maybe. But although I did see Scarpons translating to Danilo when he came on because he was on the bench, and obviously he was translating for Cooper, which I thought was quite a cool move. But and then just the way he's doing his pictures, and he's there with his kids and his wife and everything, and they've all got the shirts on. I just thought this. I mean, I've never had him in my head as a bloke I know a lot about anyway, but I've never had him down as like Georgia Campos, you know. Come a, apparently, he's quite unorthodox the way he plays as a goalkeeper. He makes some crazy, he's not big, uh, no. but he's a hell of a signing and he's there for the right reasons, I think, Kieran. There's a lot of really good points for us to consider about Kayla Navas coming. We've already touched on the fact that he's just a higher quality than our previous number two. So there is actually a battle on to be the goalkeeper now until the end of the season. But I also think this feeds into something that you've mentioned before about once we come, uh, once we go up, those bad, like those stars, they're something to appeal to players of a certain stature. Kayla Navas, what, 36? Goalkeepers generally get a little bit longer, but the nature of how he plays, he's someone that he's elastic, isn't he? He's he's quite, um, yeah. And, those kind of movements, if you're not playing, you are going to lose that agility. So he wants to play. Mm. He wants to play with a club that's got a level of respect. And I think he can uh, achieve that by referring to our history. Cooper can sell it to him as, look, you're not here to see out your career. You're here to uh, awaken a, a sleeping giant and uh, and take it back to where, where it once was. All right, might be getting ahead of ourselves to where we once were, but you know what I mean? 18 games max. Yeah. Now, we come to the summer. Say we've stayed up in the Premier League. Actually, don't go there yet, because I'm going to ask you this one. Dean Henderson comes back in four weeks, let's say. Who we, let's add to this as well, if you haven't seen it. He's got his arms around Navas after the game, giving him a big hug. And by the way, he took a right boot to the face off Willie yeah, Boyd. Yeah, that's off- well... Oh my God, that's going to smart. He's like, welcome to England. Who was that? <laughs> oh, Willie Bolly's like, me. Sorry. Um, so let's say four weeks time, Endo's back. So we've got about a game a week, haven't we, for a little while now. So he's probably missing three or four games. What are you doing? Who are you playing? Or does it depend on what Navas has done? Or what's before? I know what you're going to say with the summer, I think, in a point. So we'll go to that in a minute. And maybe what the, maybe the master plan is or what the, you know, the influence of it is, that move. Uh, first of all, Endo's back. What are you going for? Oh, I'm I'm gonna stick with Kalo until I'm absolutely certain Henderson's fit. Um, oh no, let's say he is. But do, are you having a word with Dino? Going, we're gonna do everything we can to sign you in the summer. Work with this guy together because Kalo's going. Or are you going? He might might stay, and then Dino's like, what the fuck? You know? Oh, it's, it's gonna be. Yeah, because it's so dependent on where we... I'd certainly be having that conversation with um, Hendo about where he sees his future because we've lost out. United are selling him, especially for the... 100%. 100%. Now, where does he want to go? Because he could quite easily... um, Larissa's has just retired from, uh, from France duty. Now, I think there's a question mark there that Spurs need to start lining up who their next number one is going to be. Is that Jordan Pickford leaving an Everton side? Mm. Does Jordan Pickford leaving an Everton side open the door for a move to a Northwest club for a guy who's been based up there for most of his life? Mm. There, there's, there's a lot of moving parts to, to what could go on um, with, with all this. I'd love Henderson to be our number one next year. 
is yeah. he bought in on the project? Because I don't want to be in the situation like we were with Jed, where we're all going to live in this hope that he might choose us. Behind the scenes, they all they always knew, didn't they? Because there could be a situation where he goes back to United and they sell him Spurs. Navas yeah. goes back to PSG and Hennessy is the number one de facto. I can I can guarantee you that is not uh, a reality. Okay, it's so certainly not a reality that I'm going to live in. It's a, <laughs> it's a reality that Forest stay up and they have Kayla Navas and Henderson next season as one and I two. Don't, I don't think either of them are happy to be two. I don't think we get both. I, I if, look if we had the choice, you go with Henderson because he's younger and he's got longevity. But yeah. ultimately, if Henderson chooses somewhere else, and that's perfectly possible, and it's perfectly fine if he does. If he had the option of going to a club that was in Europe, fair enough, mate. I could, I, I could, I could get it. You're still wanting to prove yourself as an England candidate. Um, he's got to do what's right for his career. But Kayla Navas comes in, and maybe we sign one, two young up and coming keepers. Navas holds it down for a year or so as we bring someone else through. I think that's an equally good strategy. As long as Willie Bolly stops kicking him in the face. If, yeah, if Willie Bolly could just stop kicking anyone in that the isn't face. the opposition, yeah. yeah. Oh no, and that is nowhere slight on what I think he's been absolutely astounding. But um, so yeah, let's we've done the transfers and stuff, we've done the other bits. Let's talk about Forrest beating the team that I always, however I am, describe as the dirty. Uh, or if I'm going a bit Yorkshire, like my granddad, the dotty. <laughs> uh, or no, if I'm being Sean Paul, dotty rock. I think <laughs> uh, I've mentioned that three times this week, which is really, really weird now. So yeah, Leeds come along. Um, I'm thinking on stats, really, really want to win. And also after Saturday, for those who didn't see some really nasty results, you're going, Jesus, Arsenal. Then you go, Jesus, Newcastle. You go, you know, Leicester winning at Villa. You think this is one of those weekends where that happy 13th all of a sudden looks a little bit grim. There's a long way to go. We, we all know that. Arsenal fans, if you're listening, long way to go. Um, but yeah, so what overall, what were you expecting pre-game? And let's start with that bit. What were, what were you expecting from the game? So I'm in a group chat that's got a lot of Leeds fans in it. A disproportionate amount of this chat is dominated by Leeds fans. Right. And they were feeling confident, but they were sharing things from some of their supporters group Facebook pages. And they were definitely in the minority with feeling confident. The script, the script played out precisely as a lot of Leeds fans were concerned, which was they look good. They were set up positively and they do absolutely everything but put the ball in the net. Mm -hmm. They concede a goal and then they just cannot find a way back from it. It, it, it rang so true. And as soon as I read that that was the consensus of what they were feeling, I was like, do you know what? That probably is how it's going to play out because we do have the quality at home. To It's the old school one nil to the Arsenal. It is one nil to the Forest. If you're visiting the city ground and oh, you do yeah. not score first, yeah, you wild. do not score first, you are, in, you are potentially in trouble. And... How refreshing is it to think on a Forest team where, you know, where we feel comfortable that, you know, we could see this out 1-0. Mm. You're, not, you're not panicking. That's... Not panicking with every ball into the box. Um, yeah, I, I I was confident that we were going to continue our 1-0. Like, I felt... our, just our form for that at home. It was a weird one for me because I think I was saying to you, I, I had, we were planning to go into Brighton to go and watch it. And then my mate and his girlfriend who had not met were in town. I thought, you know, with modern technology, I'll just turn all notifications off 
and I'll watch it tonight, get my mum to record it on Sky. Um, so I avoided everything. Do you know what? This is even funny bit. I'm in Brighton. I'm in the North Lanes. I'm surrounded by a bonsai shop. A, uh, what was it? A cartoon and like, um, you know, comic and geek shop, which is fine. Um, there's a retro clothing shop. There's a guitar shop. There's, uh, you know, like bubble tea shop. And I'm sat having a coffee and this kid walks along in a football kit with like a big coat over the top. I like just been to football practice. It's a fucking forest home kit. And the game's <laughs> over by this point. And I'm going, oh, la, 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 la. My mate is a Wednesday night going, what are the odds? What are the odds? Right, and I've got a kid walking along in a forest kit. And he's probably just talking about something else, but he yeah, generally had the current home shot. So I escaped it. So for me, it was, and also Nat I had to get it finished before Natalie watched Happy Valley. You know, she wanted to watch it live and be in, 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 in. <laughs> so Oh, she's, I, she's a committed fan. Yeah, so I kind of fast forward. I watched the first half in kind of fast forward. And when it went near an end, it's, it's, there's a point to this. When it went down near an end, I'd press play. So just, I thought if I can get to a point where I can play it in real time and watch it and she can watch her program. I actually did it with about two minutes ago. It was fucking great. Um, <laughs> but what happened was in that first half, it showed you quite a lot how it gives you an idea of the game when you do it like that. Because you're going, oh, Leeds chance, Leeds chance. And I had to watch because I wanted to see us defend them. So I was like, shit, shit, shit. I was like, okay, get down the other end. And then obviously it did. Um, so yeah, the game itself wasn't a nice watch for a little while, was it? I mean, that first half in general was a bit of a, mm, not enjoying this really. No, it wasn't. But we were playing a side who's been established in the league now for um, a couple of seasons. Do you know any of their players, Kieran? Because I don't know any of those Leeds players. <laughs> I would say I've never heard of any of them. I, do you know what? I, I can still remember a few of them because of uh, they haven't really overhauled that squad. There are still remnants of their championship side. Is there? Um, yeah, like Cooper at centre back. Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And a at right back as well. Um, I think. Um, they're getting found out now for maybe not having invested as early and as necessary. From Chicago. <laughs> How crazy is it, by the way? Like because they have sacked Jesse Marsh this yeah. afternoon. We we got him killed. After yeah, but after the windows closed and half their squad is just constantly saying the pledge of allegiance every morning. Um, <laughs> the thing was, he it's almost like he knew because post we're jumping around a bit, here, but post match he said something like, "What do you think?" Like, First half was a better team. Yeah, man, I'm doing American things. <laughs> yeah, yeehaw. Yeah, yeah, all the best. Um, and then and then he went, "What about second half?" He went, "Well, they just stopped playing and were running everywhere." It was like he was like an angry parent who'd lost a child yeah. in like a fun park. I couldn't yeah. find them anywhere. They've gone mad. <laughs> it's like you well, knew. Back to, back to what your uh, your question was um, initially, or I think, or whatever I think the question was after going on the hey, on the ramble. Like how how a few weeks ago criticised Brennan Johnson for not necessarily being the player that we needed him to be consistently. I, it is a massive development for us that we can only get a handful of chances and now someone's being clinical in the finish. Um, so when those moments come, we take them. Yeah. So And we can absorb a bit of pressure now because of how we're set up to do it. And we have a keeper in goal who can make some big saves when you need them. Uh, on, on the whole, it is just, it is overwhelmingly positive for us at the minute. And when we come to the end of this season, we are going to look at January and this first week as, as February as key. Mm. Absolutely key, the, the, the run that we've been on, because we are going to go into a stretch of games where we're going to get a bloody nose 
sooner or later. Um, yeah. Away from home, we're, we're always liable uh, against a certain level of opposition. But I think we've set ourselves up now to to scrap the points that we need to see us over the line. And what I I don't think that, that last season we were like, what was the turning point? What was the moment that um, that got us promoted? Yeah. This season, nothing is going to top this stretch that we've been on. Well, there you go. But <laughs> either way, we're going to look back at these points that we're picking up at the minute as the moments that, that really cemented us, hopefully cemented our, our place in the uh, with the big boys. Sure. Uh, and let's say that though that Leicester the, the the fans weren't listening to and they didn't sing their art, you know, the hearts out and they went with Sean Dyche and he's at that time and it didn't work or something like that. Do you know what I mean? I think we this is an unprecedented season in many ways for the way Forrest have done what they've done with the signings, but also the fact they've kept their manager with a with a chairman who let's let's face it, he's not Fawaz who was living hell. Uh, he's successful in another country, different culture to it as it is, but he has fired a lot of people at times when I didn't think they probably should have done and hired some weird ones. So the fact that Cooper remained through that was, I think, fairly remarkable and was, was actually made me feel more powerful as a fan, even though I wasn't at the uh, crisp bowl singing it. And it was after that, we got, um, he's known as Sir Elliot of Subliminal Eloquence, which is the finest name, um, Elliot Boa. Bauer, I'm going to say it wrong there, uh, who follows on Twitter and is always a big supporter of the pod. And it reminds me constantly about after Leicester's the game where I said, we're lower than the earthworms, the Kindex or something ridiculous on the yeah, because it was just like, we were in a real fix. And like now there's, there's a unity, there's a confidence. I mean, I must admit there was still a little bit annoying. I was a little bit annoyed how some media interviewed uh, Jesse Marsh and said, does it hurt that you've lost to another team down there with you? And I was going, hmm. I'm quite down there with you in some ways. Yeah. Also, people still mention it about, you know, oh, Forrest. Well, they, it was also on like um, the Football Daily on BBC Five, uh, Radio Five yesterday. I was listening to it just for the Forest section. And they said something like, you know, they're going to have to have a translator in there for all like the different people who uh, who don't know each other. It's just still a little bit ignorant with it. You know, it's a bit like, it's, it's ignorant doing the South Park one. I, it just, it just really gets to me a little bit that people who I even still think like football and know football are still getting it kind of so wrong that they're not understanding the reasons, the injuries, and why Forrest are in the situation they're in and how remarkable it is that they're anywhere not near bottom. I mean, let people say what they're going to say. The, the, the narrative of being written off by everyone else and having a band of misfits is perfect for what Steve Cooper does. Rebels. He, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I was I was chatting to um, to Harpel the other day, and we were talking about the circus that's going on at Southampton and why it's not going to work for Nathan Jones there. He will he will be gone very soon, pretty sure. <laughs> well, but you know when you're talking about a club like Luton, mm. I don't want to upset anyone, but there's places I'd rather live in the UK than Luton. If I was a professional footballer, there's places I'd rather train and play than Kenilworth Road. There are leisure centres I'd rather play at than Kenilworth Road. 
when you're in that kind of environment, you need a Nathan Jones to hype everyone up and be Mr. Positive and bring everyone together. When you're at Southampton and you're at Stoke and the infrastructure is so much better and you've got players involved in those setups that have seen so much better mm. and they have had, they've been coached by better. They've been coached by someone that inherently knows the football inside out and doesn't not all their chat needs to be motivational. Like the video Southampton have put out of him on the training ground. Yeah. Oh, a bloody PE teacher. Know, mate. Voice, like, his voice shocks me every time he speaks. I always yeah. forget he's got the voice. It, <laughs> yeah, it's like if you shrunk Sean Dyche down so it had a higher pitch and then plonked him in Wales, that's what you get with Nathan Jones. But he's just not suited for what the, the situation they're in. Mm. Whereas everything about our situation, you know, it feeds into what Steve Cooper is very good at. He built a unity and there's a history of the club that transcends the setting of it sometimes. You know, we might not have the best stadium in the league, but we're damn right up there for one of the best atmospheres. Um, And Cooper's been part of bringing that in as well. Like our manager brings everything together that we need for the situation that we're in. We are, I don't want to, uh, everyone bear with me because I don't, I'm not trying to disrespect us in any way, shape or form, but we are the stoke of this league, but we play a, a, a more attractive brand of football. Do you know what I mean? It's you're going to have to go to the city ground. You're going to have to deal with a lot of noisy people who right. are all on who are all on board with this, and they are a collective going to make your life hell for the afternoon. And if you don't start from the off, that it, it will get to you. You're probably going to end up leaving that stadium on the end of a one nil loss. Yeah, every you see it all the time when people say what a stadium, you know, but. And we know that. And oh, God, am I proud of it? Of course I'm proud of it. Do I input on it a lot? No, because I'm bloody miles away. But <laughs> my God, it swells my heart. Here in the end of the, the game the other day going like, you guys sound amazing. I'm always the first one to put on Twitter and go, God, you guys are owning them, you know, away and so forth. Yeah. I'm so proud that that's my team and my people, you know? It really, really matters to me. But singing and stuff like that doesn't keep you up. So uh, it, it's got a, you know, I'm in no way downplaying it. It's a massive part. If this is one bloke going, come on, Swindon. You know, it's not going to help as much as, you know, a load of thirsty Nottingham folk doing it. So it is majorly important. But on the pitch, Forrest are doing the right things as well. I think it's making a big difference. And I think that coming up soon, we're going to Leeds a little bit. Like I say, sorry, before we go on to Fulham. But I'm not going to say anything about Brennan Johnson because I'm going to wait till Lisa's back because I want to give her the right to reply from what I'm going to say. But I am going to sort of say, I know I've gone on here on record of saying, you know, I don't know what Brennan does. And, you know, I think he, if he has too long to think, all I'm saying is that was an instinct goal. That's all I'm saying. 100%. Anyway, yeah, exactly. So kind of proving my point there a little bit, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that when she's back with it. And like I've always said as well, don't care who you are. Don't care if it's my ex-wife. Uh, if they score in a goal for Forrest and it's meaning we're winning the game, I'm behind you. I'm behind you, baby. <laughs> Um, anyway, like you are in my life. Anyway, but let's move on. Um, so we're going to talk about Forrest. We've got the win. Um, you know, Cooper rightly said, it's one of those games where Forrest haven't really played that well. Although I'd say the second half was a bit of a masterclass in not being scared to change it at halftime. He said Danilo was a lot to do with the yellow card as well. But uh, Serge Aurier coming in, moving Williams over to the midfield. Thoughts on the Coop tactics? We got it spot on. Jack Colback. Someone asked me today what position he plays, and I'm like, wherever we need him. Placement. He, 
Wherever yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Batman of the squad, mate. He he is just whatever Nottingham Forest needs him to be. Chris Cohen, is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, do you know what? I've never seen Chris Cohen score a goal quite like Jack Colbach's uh, from. Blackpool. You can give him Blackpool, you can give him Blackpool, but not from that angle. <laughs> but Warjack, the difference is Warjack doesn't look like he's going to cry every time he scored. And that's one of the reasons why I love Chris Cohen. Because he looked like, it's probably just his beautiful face, but every goal was like, I'm going to have a little cry now. And he was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying too. Yeah, uh, no, Coop, Coop's hey, he's been criticized in the past. Like, what some of the rare criticism of him has been a bit slow to change it when we may have needed it. Yeah, did, did, well, did not waste any time in that. It was very clear what we were going to do though in the mm. second half when, <laughs> when you see Nico Williams moving into a winger role. Um, but testament to the durability of the, of the squad that we could shift it round that way and again indicates that we've got our recruitment a little bit right um that it's offering us a plan b when we need that plan b callback came on and that midfield just immediately became a brick wall there wasn't you know he there might be times where they're happy to let players have the ball but you've only got that ball because jack callback doesn't want it at that precise moment what's the <laughs> Is that is that basically saying Denia had a bad game with him? Because I think no, not, it's not at all as well. Because Aurier stopped that coming down the left, didn't he? He, he was he was he was solid there. Because they were getting yeah. him quite a bit on that left hand side with the with the tiniest man in the world. I didn't realise how small he was until that little fracas on the sideline came on, and then there was. Yeah, he, I, I'm in no position to throw stones in this debate either. I have position but... in him, I think. I think, <laughs> I think you might even call him Littlin. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 oh, can we I'd just say, the podcast accepts all sizes, shapes. <laughs> it's all fine with us. But he was a small bloke. He, was, was, a, he, he was a little man. Um... I think he got a, a foot shorter when Serge Aurier came on. Yeah, he did. Aurier did a job on him as well. And that was astute from Cooper because... Lisa disagreed with me at the weekend in chat. Now, I, I said that Nico was, I didn't think he was having a bad game, but he was the odd man out. Like, he just looked a little bit lost at times. I kind of felt like he was floating between attack and defence. And Cooper made that decision up for mean, him was in the second field. half. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you're saying, yeah. But would you, I, I feel that's kind of like Nico's season because when we signed him, I was like, oh, he was so good at Fulham. That's a good signing. I'm not so bothered about Jed, even though it would have been lovely. I was kind of one of those people going, I would love Jed, but he wants to go to Tottenham, want more money. And now he's in France. Um, but like Nico, I felt a bit gutted. I was like, wow, oh, shit, Nico's not kicked on, man. And I felt bad for him. I was like, I think he's got promise. He absolutely does. And he, he's, he has still got a very healthy future, um, Trent side. I, I, I just think Nonto had enough pace that he posed a problem for Nico mm. he, he couldn't Nico couldn't advance as far up the field as perhaps he would have liked and backed himself to get back and make up the space against a player that fast whereas Aurier just somewhat sacrificed the attacking aspect and went no I'm gonna I'm gonna get this lad in my pocket and once he's there I'll, I'll start advancing which is what we did because then towards the end of that half the opportunities started to open up when leads were blowing so it, it was a a tactical masterclass from Cooper for that second half. He yeah. Navas gets credit for the saves he made in the first half. Brennan gets credit for that sublime finish. And Cooper gets ultimate credit for knowing when to change it 
And we haven't even mentioned Morgan Gibbs White. No. <laughs> and that's that's the way this because this is the kind of squad as well where do not have a favorite because you might have gone i am a massive fan of so and so if you told me um not even when it was bad even when things were getting a bit better that at one point joe warrell would be back as a nailed on i'd be like you're kidding me wow joe's done well to get back in and then if you told me when joe was just ruling it it's now going to be scott mckenna and willie bolly i'd be like what now i'm a massive fan of scott mckenna i think the man is made of proper Scottish granite, and I love him to bits. There's times this season I've gone, don't tell me the man that I've been saying for three seasons will play Premier League before Forrest do is now not probably good enough for the Premier League. Now, I think it's probably an adjustment, and God knows what, because I think there's a lot of talent in the lad. But you have to ask yourself, if Felipe comes in, does well, Bolly looks like the number one centre-back for me at the minute. Nia Cati, everyone keeps mentioning, he might as well, we might as well be talking about the ghost of Thomas Kemp. Because at the minute, we've only really seen him. He looked great. I'm like, don't get me wrong. And as I say, want him to all do well on the shirt. It's a weird place to sort of nearly end this bit about the players before we look at Fulham, Kieran. But who are Forrest's best two centre-backs if they're all fit? If they're all fit? Yeah. Well, one of them you've not seen. One of them's well, Bolly, look, Bolly is top of the pile. He's the best centre-back we've had in the squad all season. Yeah, um, he, 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 he strolls into that team. Uh, it's hard because you feel like it's not played on paper but Felipe should be the most uh, high quality based on his one who's never played for Forest yet I like that we've never seen him yeah (laughs) we've never seen him Niakate was definitely the best centre-back we had when he was fit Mm. um if you were giving it a straight shootout, though, because the reality of the situation is we haven't seen him play for so long and we haven't seen Felipe play at all, that you can't give an, a, a fair assessment on that. So you look at McKenna or Worrell, I'm probably giving it McKenna at the minute. The, the mistakes he had been making, has, he's eradicated. He's, he's not getting spun and sold too easily. He's just clearing it and playing the simple ball when that is required. And Joe hasn't done anything wrong since he came back either. No, I've, in fact, I think yeah. uh, there was the the goal with Rashford, I thought there was one in the League Cup, which I know is a, you know... Yeah. You know, we can't always just say, oh, we're Little Forest. You have to sort of, you know, step up to it. I think there was a lot of yeah, leaving your man and God knows what. What about Damien Perquas? Where, Perquis? Where does he go? <laughs> Where is he these days? Hey, that guy looked nuts when he joined. I thought he looks wicked. It was like someone out of Terminator or something. But yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, Dolph Lundgren vibe about him, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's still not a Tony Bourne. Peanut head, I loved him. Um, so we move on to Fulham. I say my uh, my beloved of the half, Natalie, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, it's nice to chat to you via a podcast. Um, she went to Stamford Bridge to say Chelsea and Fulham on Friday, and it was a nil-nil. Um, but by all means, uh, their their big old squad played a bit better. But also Fulham, you know, from what I could read online when I was sort of listening in whilst playing a, an awful computer game online with me, mate. Um, Fulham look half decent, half decent, have chances. You know, they've come up from the championship with us. And, you know, you could say they went down, they were shit for the Premier League, but they've come straight back up. And it looks like it almost they needed that championship season because, you know, look at how the Mitrovic kicked on this year. He's not just a man who can only score against Barnsley. You know, he can now do it in top flight as well. I've got us down as losing this game 2-1, Kieran. I, I would bite your hand off for a draw, but I think this is a hard game for Forrest. I, I, and it's not, I'm not the idiot who now goes, we beat everyone, because we clearly can't look at Man United. But what do you think is going to happen by the banks of the murky old Thames? 
Yeah, it's it is going to be a tough one for us. That's just on the basis that they have an Alexander Mitrovic. Historically, we don't do great with big men up top. Um, Kiefer Moore springs to mind. We uh, we will have to nullify that threat very early on. Did last and, season, mate, one 0 and he was playing yeah. belly aching on the floor. Yeah, and then we're also going to have to be aware of you know I don't know if I don't I haven't looked at their squad and who's fit or not, but you know Pereira came uh, in to them this summer has looked semi dangerous every time I've seen him play. So they they do have some some other options. I don't, there is no reason why we can't come out of this with a result. And I think a point is a good result when, when we're actually looking at the um, the current standings of, of the Premier League. I'd, I'd bite your hand off for it, if I'm honest, just to keep our unbeaten run going and to make up for, you know, earlier drop points in the season. An away point is always a good point in this league. I am fearful, like you, that uh, they could... It, it's just that thing in the back of my mind with us. When we concede one, I always feel like we could concede very quickly after. I we just have a spell. I can't see us getting higher because there's a difference with them. And I, I, you know, watch it happen now. I've said it. But Fulham, I'm not intimidated by the ground. I mean, it's very quaint. What a lovely cottage. But, you know, with the little fan clappy things and God knows what. And, you know, most of the time coming back from beating them 1-0 last year, I just had an old man giving me shit on the way back. He looked about 700 years old going, oh, Forrest, are you very lucky today? I thought, no, we absolutely, we did what we had to do. He's like, oh, no, very lucky. Not the way Fulham like to lose. It was all like that, you know. So I don't see it as an electric atmosphere. I don't think they've got their hard nuts or anything like that. It's going to cause us any grimness. And it's all very much, yay, Fulham has scored a goal. Um, yeah. I think from that, the fans are going to rip them up. They did last season. I've got no reason. Oh, no, they might have their new stand open now. I can't remember. But either way, it's still just a very nice posh club down by the tre- uh, the Thames. It's very hard to say down by there and not say Trent. Or by <laughs> Trent. Uh, I, yeah, I, I can't see us winning. Um, that's the easiest way of me putting it. I think it would be unreasonable of us to say it any more than a draw. A draw's a good result. I, I'm going to stand by that. A point away from home, especially given how badly we've played away from home at some points, is going to be a very valuable point. Now, if they win, here's the final bit of question. No, that's not, even if they win. I looked I look today, actually, on um, Skybet. Other betting services are available and uh, gamble responsibly. Um, what is it? What's the key catchphrase on the, the betting one? When it's time to stop, stop. Um, and other campaigns are available for various things. See Kieran's previous acting work. Um, but, <laughs> but the um, where Forest are now not in the think the bottom five favourites to go down, and then you start looking at things like top ten finishes and stuff like that. I mean, I think I said tenth and win the league cup. So at the minute, I don't think I'm a million miles off not looking that crazy. Where do you currently think Forest are looking likely to finish with the way this league is? And if they're not going down, who are the three are getting relegated? Southampton are down. Uh, until they change that manager, they're down. Whether a new manager can do anything for them in the time they've got, unlikely. So I, I'd say Southampton are going down. Bournemouth are going down. I think. I have... Yeah, they're just, I don't mean undue disrespect to them as a club. I do. But, <laughs> <laughs> their, their new owner's idea about what they're going to be 
and thinking that he's going to have them challenging for Europe in the next four Makes years. Makes you wonder if he's been before, doesn't it? When the, your, your, son, <sighs> your sons have wins against Scunthorpe as one of your biggest moments. And yeah. You know, and I, I think Leeds are probably more trouble than Bournemouth just because of the timing of when they're doing it. It depends who they do. <sighs> so that's the ultimate. At the minute, I'd say that Leeds are going for that spot. Uh, they will end up 18th. Here's one um, Can you imagine if Leeds got in Frank Lampard? I'll be telling the Leeds fans this all day. Realistically, we're not their podcaster, but you know, who do they get? Because they're on um, about Corboran, and that is if that's the best candidate, it's still a massive gamble, and you're still likely to go down. No, because Dyche has been the go-to name, as Eddie Howe was for a long time. We know this. Obviously, we had the Hewton. Yeah. If Eddie Howe then got the job, it was like, oh, well, Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche is going to win. And now he's yeah. got. Not be Bielsa because we all know he wants 15 million to be a youth coach to the end of the season. So, uh, I don't know who is about Alan Pardew, is he Kirbishly? Are they still around? Does, does that still happen anymore? I don't know. Um, anyway, so we're about to sign off. So, we, we would be happy with a draw. Uh, Kieran, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I, I we did one of these once before when I was in a hotel room in Birmingham with Dan, and we ended up talking <laughs> about Eagle Piggle and Macapaca and all this kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, I like a bit of randomness, and and I think, uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed it, let us know. Uh, I was gonna say below, I don't know what yeah. is, below. I think you can put comments on SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, as always, if you'd like to like from wherever you're listening to, give it five stars or maybe four and a half or four, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Um, and always, as ever, yeah, keep in touch with us on Twitter and all the other places we do. And uh, you Reds. You Reds. Hey!